and welcome to another episode of Careering, where we interview fearless females about what makes them tick both in business and in life. I'm your host, Lori Halter, and I can't wait to have you here today's episode. Let's jump right in. Thanks so much for joining us on the Careering Podcast. Today, I have the extreme pleasure of being with Nicole Meyer, who is a writer of contemporary women's fiction. She has three award-winning novels out, including her first, which was The House of Bradbury. Second is The Girl Made of Clay. And her third is available now and is called The Second Chance Supper Club. Welcome, Nicole. Hi, how are you? I'm good. We were just joking before we hopped on that I feel like I have like a celebrity crush on the show. So I'm so excited to have you here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have a lot to get to today and I want to jump right in. I am a part of something you have going in addition to your books called The Gathering Table, which is a fantastic, supportive, creative community. And one of the things you shared with us in the gathering table last week was that it was only on the eve of your 40th birthday that you decided to jump back into writing. So can you share with us a little bit about your journey and how on the eve of your 40th birthday, you decided that this was something you were going to go after? Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure, you know, many women could relate to this is that you, you, you have a career maybe early on in life and then many of us pause to have a family or pursue something else. And then we reach a point where that something else or a family is somewhat sustainable. And we realize that we'd like to get back to our own goals and dreams. Yes. Yeah. So for me, I, I was always a writer. I always wanted to be a writer. I had a secret really, truly secret wish to be a novelist, but I wasn't sure how to get there. I would say close to my 40th birthday, I had started mentioning to a couple people that I really would like to try to write a manuscript and somehow get it made into a novel. Okay. And a friend, this was years ago, a friend had offered to take me to a writer's conference in San Francisco. It's actually an excellent writer's conference. Oh, fun. And I'd only had, you know, a few chapters under my belt at this point. It really was just just getting started. And I remember walking into that lobby of the hotel of the writers conference and it was just editors, agents, other authors, publishers, and I remember just breathing a sigh of relief and thinking I've found my people. <laughs> oh, I love that. And I'm sure so many listening can relate to that. You know, it doesn't have to be a writers conference, like just wherever you are walking in and going this is it. This is what I've been looking for. This was what I was looking for. Exactly. And it happened to coincide with me turning 40 and realizing, you know, life is too short. Mm -hmm. Why am I not chasing this dream? And so it really was a goal of mine to finish that manuscript for better or worse by my 40th birthday. And I did it. So I was really proud of that. That manuscript lives in a drawer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad that wasn't your first one that you got instant (laughs) success because, you know, that's too easy. Right. It was too easy. But, you know, I needed to write it to see if I could do it. And I call it my practice novel. I needed to just go through the exercise and really get my feet wet. Um, And so that's what I did. And then from there, share a little bit. I mean, like I said in the intro, you've had three award-winning books. So congratulations on that published. But how, what happened from there? So you go, you've got your, you know, practice novel. It's now in the drawer. What happens from that point? Okay. So from that point, I actually decided to start writing and getting more experience. And I'll never forget a fellow author gave me advice. I reached out for advice and she said, 
start small. And I'm going to admit right here that at first that was really annoying to me right? (laughs) (laughs) because I wanted something I could sink my teeth in. I wanted some tangible advice, Mm -hmm. but you know, I sat with her advice for a minute. I realized she's right. I need to get more writing experience under my belt. So I actually applied for a job and got it in my town writing for the local visitors association. Okay. I started doing their blog. It was maybe two short paragraphs a week. And then sure enough, slowly but surely, I started writing more and then getting fast forward, I started getting offered freelance gigs for other magazines and publications. And I started my own blog on the side because I really enjoyed it. Okay. And I don't know if this answers your question, but I'm thinking of it because when I was writing that blog, part of it was interviewing published authors and having them on the blog site. Oh, how fun. And I remember looking up a book I really loved and the author was featured in Oprah Magazine of all places. Oh my gosh. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to see if this woman would respond if I emailed her. I, I didn't really think she would. Yeah. You know, she did, she did more than respond. She agreed to be on my blog. She was lovely. And at the end... I asked her for some advice or some guidance because I said, I'm secretly writing a new manuscript. I'd love for it to be turned into a novel. And she said, send it to me and I will read it and give you notes. No way. Yeah. So I'm telling you that the writing community is really lovely. And from my my experience, people have supported one another. And it's been women like that who have sort of brought me up along the way and helped me get to where I am today. That is an incredible story. I love it so much. It, it Your story plays on so many themes that are really big for me personally and that I explore in careering. You know, it's the idea that like just get started, progress over perfection. But a big one that I want to develop and explore this year is this idea that I hate the idea when I hear women complaining about other women being bullies or not supporting, because I feel like I've had just the exact opposite experience in my life. I Same as you, like if I've had some women who have been so supportive and such great mentors, and so I don't really buy into this whole women against women like theme that's going on right now. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, sure, there's going to be some people out there that are competitive to a fault, but you know, I, I'm going to botch this, but what is that saying something about when one candle is lit, if another one's lit, the flame doesn't flicker. Like it doesn't diminish what someone else is doing. If I want to do the same thing or do something similar. Completely. Well, I love that story. And we were just joking before we got on. I mean, I have, I just read a book by Tara Schuster. In addition to Nicole's books, you guys need to get this book. It's called By Yourself, The Effing Lilies. And it's my new like anthem. But (laughs) I was saying Tara responded to me on Instagram. And I was like, you would have thought that like, I don't even know, the world's biggest celebrity star (laughs) responded to me. And so you were saying, you know, it's just that the creative community is a very supportive community. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, we've all had someone who have helped bring us up along the way and it's good to pay it forward. Yes. And, you know, writing is a solitary sport. So if you can find a community of people, you don't feel as lonely and you can bounce ideas off of them. And really it's, it makes it so much better. I completely agree. And I feel like Nicole, you have been one of those people for me. We've known each other for quite a while. I was able to, I actually won. Okay. This is a fun little piece of fact fiction for you listeners. I actually went to Nicole's first launch party. Do you remember this, Nicole? And won won the gift basket of (laughs) the fabulous, fabulous basket full of beach reeds and a beach towel for the summer. It was like so fun and amazing. So that's our history. (laughs) 
That is right. What a fun start. Yeah. Yeah. That's our start. But I want to, I want to explore a bit, you know, I talked about, I'm now in this amazing workshop you're doing called the gathering table, which has something to do with writing, but more it's about what you're talking about, which is, you know, what sets your soul on fire? What is it? What's that creative drive that gets us up in the morning and keeps us going. But one of the things that has come up in this group of women is this idea that if you're doing anything creative, even if you've found a really large measure of success, people still, when they talk to you, say, oh, that's such a sweet hobby. Oh, that's so nice you're doing that in your spare time. And so I wanted to talk to you to see if you've ever had that experience and if so, how you've handled it. Yeah, I mean, that that's something that really gets under my skin because any of us know that if we have some form of art that we're working on and this is our main focus, for someone to diminish that and say, oh, it's a hobby or, oh, how, you know, how sweet, bless your heart. It's really, gosh, I mean, I can't tell you that weeks, months, years of hard work that I've put into this craft. And it really is a craft that we're honing and, and just trying to reach an audience. It's a lot of work. Yeah. I won't forget the one time I was traveling. I think it was back from a writer's conference that I was actually speaking at. I was teaching a class. Okay. And there was a golf buddy of my husband sitting on the plane next to me who just happened to, you know, have the seat next to mine. Yeah. And he said, Oh, what, where are you coming back from? I said, Oh yeah, I'm coming from a writer's conference. And he didn't ask anything about it. You know what I was doing there. Right. And Oh, really? I said, yeah, I, I, I'm a writer. He said, oh, that's a nice hobby for you. And he literally patted me on the knee. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And I just was fuming inside because I yes. thought, how dare you? You know, how dare you diminish something that is so important? And you haven't even asked me one question about it. Absolutely. And I guarantee you, he probably thought you were an attendee, didn't realize you were actually a speaker at the event due to your success. Right. Yeah. I think we all experience that in some form or another, whether it's writing, whether it's creating, whether it's, you know, blogs, podcasts. I had trouble even thinking of the podcast as something other than a hobby. And I have to remind myself all the time that as enjoyable as it is, it's also very serious. And like you said, takes a lot of work behind the scenes that I think people who maybe are just looking from the outside don't realize the amount of work and effort that some of these things that just seem lucky turn out to be. 100%. And you know, part of that is giving credit to you that you make it look easy. So (laughs) kudos to you because it just comes so naturally to you. So people think that oh gosh, it just must be so easy for her and there's not that much work that goes into it. But there is so much thought and preparation and, you know, just really intention behind something like that. Truly, I I so appreciate those words. And I, I think you're absolutely right. This kind of rolls into my next question, which is the idea of, I think as a society in general, we've gone away from the idea of creating just to create Mm-hmm. I think people think unless, and I fall into this big time. I mean, in addition to this podcast, I have a PR firm where I do a lot of ghost writing for clients and we do a lot of press release writing. And so I'm, I'm almost stuck. I find myself almost stuck in this mindset of like, in order for writing to be real, it needs to either be like published or you need to get paid for it, which is such a dangerous place to be. So can you talk a bit about like the idea? And as I've said, you have three award-winning books, but I'm sure you have some things that you do that are just for the joy of creating. Yeah, that's a great point. When you were talking, I was thinking about when I did research for my second book, which is The Girl Made of Clay. And I actually took some pottery classes because oh, cool. I, I needed to do the research. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of pottery and a lot of clay in that book. So I took a class that taught us how to do the wheel 
And it re- really was just for me as a beginner's course. I, I had some experience from years ago, but I just wanted to get in there and, you know, feel the clay and just have some sort of experience like that. And man, I'm telling you what, coming out of that class, it was so therapeutic to sit at that pottery wheel and to create something from nothing. And there was no pressure. It didn't matter what the outcome was. It didn't matter if I decided to keep the final product or not. Right. And there was so much joy and just pureness in it. So I think that touches on what you're saying. Uh, it absolutely does. And I, I'm trying to get back to that. You know, when I was younger, I used to paint all the time and oh. write just for the fun of it and journal and even journaling. I know you're a, you're a fellow journal lover like me, yeah. like we love journaling, but even sometimes I'll find with the journaling, I'm trying to get to some like deep insight about myself. And sometimes it's like, no, just write to write. When can I get back to just writing to enjoy the right. writing part of it? Absolutely. And I, you know, I can honestly say that of my three books, the one that I enjoyed the most was the one that I had the least pressure on me and I was doing it just for myself. Yes. I think that's probably true for a lot of people. Speaking of pressure though, and going to the other side of the joy of the creative process, (laughs) you've said something that has stuck with me. You said, every time I start a new book, it's like starting a small business. And I think that is so true. Tell us a bit about the business side. And I was personally shocked by how much you need to do to promote and get your work out there. I mean, it's like an entire other job once the writing of the book is finished. Yes, 100%. And I think now more than ever, uh, publishers have stepped away from really promoting and putting a lot of money into the marketing of their authors, and they've put the onus back on the authors. Yeah. So yeah, I, I definitely have... exactly what you said. I treat each book that I launch as its own small business. And I have a marketing plan and who is my audience and how am I getting it out there? And really it is, you know, it's like a calendar year. There's certain months of the calendar where it's things really heat up and I have to really work at it and others where, you know, I can step back a little bit, but truly I think that that is a huge myth to the general public because people say, oh, are you going on book tour? And, you know, they ask me all these questions about what the publisher is doing for me. And I can, I can say, especially from me and most of my author friends, that is just not the case anymore. It's you take the reins in your own hands and you decide how you're going to reach the market. I think you're right about that being a huge misconception. Cause I think a lot of people still have in their head that if you're a published writer, you're getting, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in advances and you're being whisked around the world on book tours paid for by the publisher. And the more authors I know who have been there and done that are like, yeah, that could not be further from the truth. (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, I, I was listening to another podcast this morning that was touching on this, but what people also don't realize is if you get that huge payday, that big, big advance, you know, if you get a million dollar advance, you are suddenly in debt to the publisher and you better make that work. So having a big advance is, you know, lovely, but it's also very, very intimidating. Yes, I'm sure there's so much pre- it kind of gets back to what we were talking about before like you're no longer creating just to create you are now creating to ensure that your book is sold enough times so that you're able to pay the publisher back. Exactly. Which is, can be such pressure. <laughs> 
I can't even, I can't even imagine the pressure. Well, let's take a turn. You are a mother of three, in addition to being a best-selling author. And I love speaking to all the mamas on this show about how they make it work. I mean, especially this last year with the kids being home, with all the additional things on our plate, what are, are there some like daily or weekly things you do to keep that time for writing and for yourself? How do you keep it all together? Yeah, it's a great question. And I know a lot of people struggle with that. Whenever someone asks me for advice, you know, if I want to start a creative project, how do I do it if I'm trying to, you know, raise a family or work another job? And I I always say the same answer, choose a time of the day and guard it fiercely. Yeah. So for me, when, when all I've got two kids in college now, but when all three were under the same roof, I would wake up at five in the morning and write from five to seven every day. Wow. Um, and then people would wake up and breakfast and the dog and all the things, you know, would ensue. But really, if you choose a time where you're not getting an email, you're not getting a text, someone doesn't need a question answered, right. you know, what's, what's for breakfast, what's for dinner, you need to protect your time because that is just for you. And, and really for me, like once the flow starts, I, I can't have it interrupted. Yeah. I can imagine. Well, and I'm just so impressed with people like you that are like, I get up at five and I don't even know. (laughs) 5 a.m. sounds, you know, I wake up at five and I roll right back to sleep. I'm like, nope, not at 5 a.m. But I do like the idea of guarding your time because I've found even myself, I used to have a really strong rule about checking any emails as the first part of my day. I never used to do that. And I've been in an extremely busy period of my life right now. And I've found that especially the last couple of weeks, I'll start checking. And then you just get pulled right into, you know, my morning routine has gone out the window. Yeah. So I like your idea of just guarding with your life, that amount of creative time. Well, and also whatever you read in the morning, you take on that energy, right? right. So I remember watching an interview of Ariana Huffington after she had had some health issues. Yeah. And she said, you know, she, you know, she's in charge of the Huffington Post and all these these businesses. And she said, after my health scare, I decided to put the phone in the other room and never bring it to bed. So she can't, so she can't wake up and check her emails. And I thought, oh my gosh, I should do that. Because the second you read a bit of news or an email Mm -hmm. or a text, you've taken on whatever else, what other voice is out there that's not your own. You are so right. And I think, like I said, for myself, there was a time when I was journaling and meditating and nothing came before that. That was how I began my morning. And I can absolutely tell you, (laughs) I was more calm and was able to handle the pressures of the day better when I was doing that. So I need to get back to that. (laughs) We all do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you and I love journaling. That's the other thing we share. We love, love, love our journals. And I know you're a big journaler too. Do you have any tips or any steps you take specifically for maybe even for aspiring writers? Do you have any thoughts on journaling? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're journaling or if you're actually writing a short story or an article or a manuscript. I always say, write as if no one is looking over your shoulder. Yes. It's so important not to edit ourselves. You know, I like to light a candle and maybe play some acoustic music and just write. I don't edit myself. I don't stop to read it. And then I come back to it a day, a week, a month later, and I realize nine times out of 10, wow, I had a vision. I had a plan. I just didn't realize it. I think that's something so fun about journals. I've kept journals my entire life. And so I have this beauty of being able to look back. I looked back on something the other day that I wrote 10 years ago, and it 
that careering is essentially the embodiment of what I had put into the universe 10 years ago on my journal. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Had I not kept the journals, I wouldn't have remembered. I would not have picked up on the fact that, you know, it wasn't like I will start a podcast in 10 years, but it was the beginning nugget of what turned into careering. So I think one of the cool things about journaling is you're able to look back and see that how things manifest in your life. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. It's really fun in that way. Well, tell us a little bit, like I said, in addition to your books, you also have this wonderful new workshop called The Gathering Table. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about that and how it helps. Is it only for females or is it for any creative? So I know I I struggle with this. I'm going to be honest. It is for females right now because I'm used to doing wellness retreats and things like that and actually workshops for women. And part of the reason is these were all in person before this past year. Yes. And for me to take a group of women, you know, on a trip or we rent a house and we have sort of a wellness retreat, it is, there's something magical about when women gather. Yes. And I, I certainly don't want to exclude other genders, but for right now, it's just what makes sense for me. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like to tell people that the gathering table is a lot of things, but if you want to boil it down into one sentence, it's really like a wellness retreat for your creative brain. Yes, I think. And like I said, I'm in Nicole's current workshop and I would completely agree with that statement. It's so, it's been so inspiring and so supportive and just really has kickstarted a lot of creative things for me. So thank you so much for bringing it to me. I mean, I love it. Well, thanks for being a part of it. Yeah. So tell us if people want to reach out to you for your books, if they want to reach out to you to inquire about your next gathering table workshop, what's the best place for them to find you? I think my website, which is NicoleMeyerAuthor.com. Okay. Great. And Meyer is M-E-I-E-R. <laughs> that, yes. <laughs> Thank you for the spelling. And I'll put that in the notes of this episode, guys. Okay. But I want to wrap it up with what tips would you have for any aspiring creatives out there who, are, who have really found, especially this last year, maybe they're mm-hmm. struggling with their creativity. They're struggling with the idea that they can be taken seriously in this world. What would you say to them? Um, I would say if you can turn off the noise of the world and remember the sound of your own voice. So find somewhere where you can get quiet and get still and just write down all the things you miss about being creative. And I promise you something will bubble to the surface. You just gave me chills just thinking of that. Just, I love the idea of quiet the noise and listen to that inner voice. I, we do not do enough of that. And I think it's right. so key to making us our happiness at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for being on with us. You are just, like I said, I have the pleasure of getting to hang out with you in the gathering table and here in Bend, but you're just such a treasure. So thank you so much for being on today. Thank you, Lori. I loved it. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave us a review or rating on your podcast player of choice. If you have a future female leader that you would like to hear on careering, please leave us her name and contact information at the link below. Thank you.